Mama. A word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Marin. We love mamas, and we love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in a closet. Because we have them, too. We know that moms need moms, and that's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the Mama Hood. Okay, today we are welcoming back our birth expert, Sarah Clark. Last time she was here, we talked about our own birth experiences and how those came about. We discussed a lot about unmedicated, medicated, and just a quick intro of all of that. So, But we can't always choose how birth will go. <laughs> In fact, um, I think most would agree that more often than not, birth doesn't go as planned. I think all of us have had times in delivery where we just are thrown for a loop. I know I have been, and things didn't happen mm-hmm. as I'd hoped. So let's maybe dive into some of those experiences to kind of start off this episode with. Um, So we talked about this in our last episode, but um, I feel like all of my births have kind of been to where I didn't plan it to go that way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And two of them inductions because of complications beforehand, both like growth recession and... um, that's obviously unplanned and I'd never wanted to be induced and I'd read all the scary stories online about inductions and that was something I just wasn't prepared for, planned for, was getting induced. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a lot of moms wanna avoid getting induced if they can because of that same like stigma and scary thing and they went fine, Um, but that was really unplanned for me as well as all of my epidurals, not. I mean, like, I just thought, like, I'd go in, get an epidural, and then if I got one with my first, I didn't actually want to get one. I felt pressured into it. But I always just thought if I got one, I would just not feel anything. It would just work. And I I just never anticipated that there would be such thing as, like, a faulty or a failed epidural. And to me, that, especially with my third delivery, was a huge, I don't know, like, it felt like a huge hurdle, like a huge Mm -hmm. mountain to climb that I wasn't expecting. And, um, so yeah, I would say that was probably my biggest, like, okay, Mm -hmm. like I wasn't expecting this. Mm -hmm. What about you? Who did you feel pressured by, like to get the epidural? Was it? With my first, Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely the nurses Mm -hmm. that were working in the hospital. I know like if my doctor had been there, she never would have pressured me, but, um, she obviously was like the middle of the night. And so Mm -hmm. she was sleeping and not, she wasn't coming in until I was transitioned further. And it was like right at the start, a lot of nurses telling me like an induction is really hard. The contractions are going to be like two, mm-hmm. three times as bad as regular contractions. You're not going to be able to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up actually pushing through for a really long time and then eventually asking, I was at like a seven and I asked for an epidural mm-hmm. and um, the anesthesiologist was in surgery so I ended up having to wait another several hours Mm -hmm. and those several hours I would say were like the crux of that delivery Mm -hmm. like where I just felt like at that point too I didn't have any options Mm because at that point um I don't know it was just a really 
weird experience for me because I almost had felt like, oh, they told me I wouldn't make it through. And then when I was having a hard time, they were like, you just need to get the epidural. You're not going to make it to the end. And then I felt like a failure mm-hmm. and I felt like I was kind of just giving into what they'd said when I asked for it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was, yeah, it totally did not go as planned. Mm-hmm. I thought I would just go in and either like an attempt to have a natural delivery and then I thought I would just have one mm-hmm. or if I didn't, that it would just work and it just didn't. And that has been kind of the theme of, I feel all of my births is just like, this is not how I expected it to go, Yeah, which is why. And I feel like it's that way for a lot of people, which is why we're doing this episode, because I feel like it needs to be more known among women that birth is often unexpected and doesn't Mm -hmm. go as planned and Mm -hmm. that's okay. And that we can be prepared for things to not go as planned. For Mm -hmm. sure. I want to hear yours. Um, sorry, I was so wrapped up in what she was saying. I love, I love it. My thing that I always have in my mind is prepare for the best, hope for the best with some detours. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking is just ugh, like I can see and I know how hard it is for mom after it just doesn't go how you want it. It's kind of hard mentally and mm-hmm. emotionally. And sometimes it can be a little bit traumatizing because it's like, ugh not how I want it or you feel like a failure or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah so I love I love what you said um I had several go like that too where it's like dang it that's not how I wanted it to happen but um we've kind of talked about this in our last episode um where it's not exactly how I wanted it to happen but when I really think about it it really was exactly how it was supposed to be mm. and so I was able to kind of just come to terms with that for that yeah. birth and it was fine. And I think a lot of women, if you can't come to terms with one of your births for some reason, and this is a side note that maybe should be talked about later, but um, like it's okay to reach out for help or um, talk about it. It's not something you have to keep inside. Like there's no shame in having some unresolved feelings about your birth. And sometimes that happens and it's totally normal. And uh, there are people that are specifically trained to help you with that. So whether it's a professional or just opening up about it with someone close to you, I think it's always posit- a positive thing to get it out there and just be able to process it and talk through it because... I think a lot of moms have PTSD. Yeah, like, I do too. They really struggle afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good to mention. I totally agree. What stands out to you as like one of the most, the biggest curveballs that was thrown at you in any of your deliveries? Um, oh, let's see. Our first for sure, because I was so set in my mind and stubborn about the fact that I wanted to have an unmedicated birth, but wasn't even prepared for it. (laughs) Like I was so bugged about it. And I think too, it was my first baby. I hadn't ever experienced birth, so I didn't know the ropes, I guess. Um, But that just seemed like a big bummer to me, (laughs) how, Mm -hmm. how it all played out. And then I struggled getting the epidural because I just hated not being able to move my legs and hated being numb and just all of that. So, uh, but like I said, in the end, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that it helped me progress. It served its purpose. The epidural was really, I think, crucial in helping me do that because I was, I didn't know what I know now. Like I didn't know the relaxation techniques Mm. that could help you open up that cervix and Mm -hmm. keep you calm. Like I was basically just clenching up and bending over and clenching up my jaws and my fists waiting for the contraction to be over and knowing that knowing what I know now I'm like obviously no wonder I wasn't progressing so um 
Yeah, I mean, but how would you have known? I mean, you just don't. Right. You didn't know. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe people that had prepared a little bit more would know, <laughs> would know but I just hadn't. So that was a big one. Um, I would say another one uh, during our pregnancy with our fifth, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think birth kind of starts throughout the whole pregnancy, kind yeah, of. Yeah, you know it really I mean? does. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, because that's the mental space you're in. Everything is kind of focused in on what's to come which is that birth and so our fifth was really 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 stressful that kind of what Marion was saying they just didn't think she was growing her measurements mm-hmm. were really off I had tons of genetic testing and um ended up declining in amniocentesis but it was just hmm. a lot of stress and so that was a big curveball and it kind of led into the birth a little bit where we just didn't know what to expect when yeah. she was born. And so when she came out and they measured her head and said that it was a normal size, like we all lost it in the room, just sobbing. and So grateful to so, have that So, so grateful, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, and I like what you said about like, it really is. Like, I would say my first and my third were my most stressful deliveries because they started off with a doctor telling me like, your baby's not growing, your baby's mm-hmm. not normal. And, um if you already go into it with this feeling of like, this isn't normal, this isn't working, mm-hmm. then everything that comes at you can feel even that more mm-hmm. scary and stressful. Totally. And your anxiety is already heightened. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's why, I mean, we're kind of, that's why we're doing this right now too and just talking about this. But I think it's important for moms to kind of arm themselves with information and with techniques mm-hmm. before going in just in case that happens. And it's not always gonna happen. Sometimes it goes perfectly and exactly how you want it to go, and that's awesome. And I had a couple births like that, and then I had births that did not go at all according to plan. So I think just getting ready to kind of roll with what comes and having an open mind is pretty crucial for birth just because, you know, we don't control all of that, but, mm-hmm. and that's that's hard. It's like hard to <laughs> wrap your mind around, yeah. but it's the first, step of parenting I think (laughs) when I'm thinking of myself as like a first-time mom and having someone say like well you can plan on this but it may not happen that way like I think that'd be hard for me to hear but I wish I would have heard it Mm -hmm. because then I would have been more prepared for the curveball and not in a bad scary way either I think sometimes I especially me and my anxious mind would associate that with oh my gosh does that mean something bad is gonna happen like oh my gosh what are all the terrible things that can go down during birth and I would end up on the interwebs and WebMD and all Uh these awful places (laughs) and so don't let your mind go there is what I would first say it's yeah like like we were saying prepare for the best hope for the best but just be ready to make some little changes or tweaks to your birth preferences or birth plan birth Mm -hmm. plan whatever um is happening just be prepared to make some tweaks it doesn't have to be a big scary thing just don't expect it to go exactly how you typed it up on that scented pink paper Mm -hmm. (laughs) scented paper legally blonde paper (laughs) (laughs) it's true though and i think you have to look at it that way otherwise you'll be disappointed i think there's a curveball almost in every birth it's not going to be exactly how you envision it maybe it is for some people but i feel like mine was actually after afterwards and i will make a plug for this if you're having problems like with miscarriages throughout Mm -hmm. or you're having some kind of i don't know if you're having with in the beginning of pregnancies, check for factor five because I had an issue after delivering, which was my curveball where I, um, 
first of all, I had a low-lying placenta, but after I delivered, my placenta like exploded inside of me. And so I had, um, I had my doctor inside me up to her elbow and then she ran and grabbed another doctor to check again. Um, so I had two arms inside of my body, (laughs) but I was like, I mean, I just had my rainbow baby. So I was just excited. She was here and she was good, but then they ended up, um, she needed to go to the NICU and that for me was kind of my instance of, um, the curveball because I thought, oh, we're, you know, you go home and it's all fine and dandy. But when they keep you in the NICU, that's a whole new life that is mm-hmm. something that, have you guys had NICU experiences? Mm-mm. I haven't. We we were in primary children's after, like when she was like, two weeks old. So yeah. mm-hmm. not We've done the primary same, but children's with her, but never, we yeah. didn't have to stay in yeah. the NICU. I feel like I just, was vicariously I in your know, NICU experience. It is such- and, and honestly, it's like one of those things you, it's like with birth, you can't, you have to go through it to really explain mm-hmm. it. And it's, it's just a different life. And it, that I think scarred me more than anything mm-hmm. because it, it was really hard to, to be in that atmosphere and, and be on that worried end. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just think mentally and physically, there's so much to birth than just the actual mm-hmm. birth. There's a lot to it before in your pregnancy and after. So mm-hmm. for me, it was definitely the after and mm-hmm. I don't know, but looking back, I mean, it's, we're all just, I mean, it's good that I've experienced that so that those who are in the NICU, you know, like, I mm-hmm. feel like I can you have a lot of empathy. understand, but yeah, that was kind of my curveball with that. Mm-hmm. That's like, I mean, yeah, that's a real thing. And I think a lot of moms are scared of that, but it helps to hear you say like, you know, I wasn't anticipating that, but we're okay. Yeah. And that, I don't know, there's so much comfort in just saying like, we're all okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all of us have had curveballs, and all of us came out of it. Well, and that's and the last thing you want to hear your doctor say is she's got to be in the NICU for a minute, and then each day it was like she'll be here for twenty four hours, and that twenty four hours quickly turned into like eight days, and it's like the longest eight. You know, like it's just mm-hmm. a life that's like, what are we doing? Like, how are we surviving this? But so grateful mm-hmm. for modern medicine. Totally. Yeah. So, what are some of the ways we can mentally? Or even physically prepare for times that birth doesn't go as planned? I would say um, kind of what we were already talking about, which is know your options. But, uh, don't research just what you want, but like... Uh, research all the things. Yeah, but yeah, I would add caution to it though. Like don't, don't research the scary things. Just research what you have some control over. So right. um, I feel like a lot of people going with that strict birth plan like we talked about and I prefer to have birth preferences so I'm like I would in a in an ideal situation in an ideal scenario this is my wish list basically like this is mm. what I would want I would really love baby to be skin to skin right after delivery um mm-hmm. I feel like I've had a birth where they took them straight away and I can't remember uh which one but ideally I just like to have them right on my chest or whatever and they've changed a lot of hospital policy to have baby with mom as long as possible before even mm-hmm. weighing them or yeah anything which has been really cool to see yeah. yeah um I've loved that they even give the baby like the bath on the mom's bed now at some, a lot of hospitals which is really cool yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that's where a lot of my friends who love their home births or birth centers that's one of the reasons they love it is um one of the many reasons I should say is that they get that time that is less interrupted Mm -hmm. as opposed to in the hospital but they're making great changes now and with that in a lot of hospitals so I will definitely give give credit there but 
Um, I just think having an open mind is like number one, realizing what your main goal is, which is having the health of the mom and baby in mind. And I don't know, just making sure everyone feels confident and calm is possible. (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's so much that goes into birth. It's crazy, but it's also a really simple, straightforward experience Everyone at the same time yeah I mean we they've done it forever yes. and so that's also comforting to know too mm-hmm. that like oh you were this is so body, natural all the babies are grown the same way no matter how they get there if it's IVF if it's uh, you know traditional <laughs> ways that babies <laughs> enter your body <laughs> yeah <laughs> how can I not explain this awkward <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to go there so but I'm just saying so once baby's in there like they're growing like they all grow the same way it's just amazing and they go through these stages and um birth is pretty similar like everybody in well i shouldn't say everybody in most usual circumstances mom gets to send 10 centimeters um Mm -hmm. and at that point they'll have a baby they'll have a c-section they'll have uh some way that gets the baby out and there's the baby so (laughs) it's straightforward but at the same time there's a lot of in-betweens and details. Yeah. So, sir, as a doula and someone who's done unmedicated deliveries on purpose, um, can you maybe just give some tips for any woman who may find themselves going through an unmedicated delivery when they weren't planning on it? Yes, and that is so hard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we were kind of talking about this before, too, where it's one thing if you go in and you know you want that Mm -hmm. and it's another thing like with Aubrey's situation where she wanted an epidural and ended up with an unmedicated and Marin's too you guys both had that experience so so sorry but (laughs) you will get through it the worst (laughs) you can do it Um, but honestly I will just say really quick and throw a plug out there that like that was also I mean I love all my births but mm -hmm. probably my most I don't know like it was a really special birth to me because of that experience too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just miserable and awful and I suffered through, but like it was also super empowering and that feeling afterwards was amazing. And I just want to throw that out there too. Like <laughs> in the moment you're going to feel like how, why almost like I was like mad at my body. I was like, why yeah. did you do this to me? Like yeah. you've betrayed me. Like this works for so many other people. Why can't this work for you? And, but in the end, I was thanking my body mm-hmm. and so grateful for what it could do. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't totally. know. And it, it, is it can turn out okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, that's where I think, like well, I keep saying, we were talking about this, but um, where a lot of moms can feel that guilt or like, oh, I failed because I didn't get that experience. Like, because there is something, there's just something that happens when you, it's just like training for a marathon. And once you finish something that you mm-hmm. wanted to do or that's hard or whatever, there is a reward after that a lot of times and that's just one of those things where sometimes there's that reward but every birth situation I feel like has a reward yeah. um, in some way so I can see where that would come in to place just you saying how empowering it was and how amazing it was uh, I can see that and I can see why other moms would want to have that experience too and then feel bad if they don't have it but like we just have to go back to the fact that there's no right or wrong way to do right. it just exactly. sometimes there's just natural consequences for certain for the different ways that you have a baby so mm-hmm. but what I mean sorry I interrupted you what oh, no, was your advice going to be for for these moms who find themselves 
unexpectedly delivering a baby naturally, whatever it may be. My yes. sister-in-law just, the baby came too fast. It was her fourth yeah. baby and like there was just no time, you yeah. know? I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why someone may find themselves delivering a baby. Absolutely. Sorry, they're all natural, unmedicated. <laughs> um, and they weren't planning on it. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like this is the can of worms. There's just so many things. But first would be... Um, Get some relaxation techniques for that are specific to you that you know relax you. Um, it's funny because some things that you think you'll definitely use in labor, like you don't really use. So it's good just to have a full on toolbox of different mm-hmm. things that you can pull from. Um, a lot of times it's like your favorite music or um, some birth tracks going on in the background or uh, breathing techniques. And we can go into that if you guys want, but. Um, I think breathing techniques and then also I think thinking happy thoughts, which (laughs) as dumb as that might sound, keeping it positive and knowing that this isn't going to last forever and having a support team around you that is able to communicate that to you too. Because I just think about Aubrey's birth, like when you're in the middle of that situation and you're just really not feeling it and that's not what you wanted and you're in pain Mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. um, It's important to have people around you telling you that it's not going to last forever that you're doing it you're doing great Mm -hmm. and just having that positive feeling and those positive words Mm -hmm. bouncing around the room I think that's really important and yeah because you I literally felt like I was dying and Sarah I mean having that kind of comments of control help because you feel so out of control Mm -hmm. without if it's not working Mm -hmm. and so I think having those even though you feel out of control, people around you in control, like mm-hmm. the nurse was holding my legs a certain way or mm-hmm. Sarah was trying different things. And I think doing that gives me, okay, I don't have control, but she knows what she's mm-hmm. doing. So she's going to help me move my body a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. like totally. having that control somewhere instead of just feeling like everything's just yep. everywhere. Yep. I think that helps my brain like oh, absolutely. To, to kind of focus and hone in on what we're doing, yep. you know? I think too that brings up a good point of having people in your room that you trust mm-hmm. and not feeling pressured to maybe have people in there that you like don't really care to have in there. Um, I know it can be a touchy subject, but if you feel confident in your birth team and feel comfortable that no matter what turn your birth takes, that they're going to support you and like be there for you and hold space for you, mm-hmm. I think I think that's important because yeah. <laughs> no matter what comes out of your mouth. Or like what's happening or if you're yelling or, you know, you want whoever to be in that room, you want to feel comfortable with whatever is happening. Does that Mm -hmm. even make sense? I don't know. Yeah. In my mind, I'm just like, I want to feel confident in my birth team. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes for some of our births, it was just me and my husband and like one of our one or both of our moms. And then other times I had like 10 of my friends and family (laughs) in there. It was a party. (laughs) So I think uh, choosing your team and your providers wisely is mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, and not feeling pressured to keep the same provider if you don't feel like they have your best interest yes. in mind too. I would totally just say that again. Like you <laughs> can change providers. Mm-hmm. I There are so many times I've talked to moms, friends of mine who are just like, my doctor's okay. And or, or like they talk about a negative experience they've had with their doctor. And I'm like, well, why don't you switch? And it's almost like, they don't know that they can Mm -hmm. like, well, once they've been with a certain doctor that they can just switch or even Mm -hmm. mid pregnancy, I switched mid pregnancy Mm -hmm. with my first because I didn't feel like I was getting the right care for my 
hyperemesis and so yeah. like it's just you can switch <laughs> yeah. I don't know I wish someone I don't know and I know it's, sometimes it is tricky I have like this loyal bone in my body where I'm like I can't switch like I feel yeah, bad you feel so bad yeah. calling the office and telling them you switched but yeah but um I do I know there are some circumstances where they just kind of have to make do with what they have I was talking to I was chatting with someone on Instagram the other day who they live in a really rural town and there's mm-hmm. only really one small hospital or doctor in the town it's some situation like that and they don't particularly care for that doctor and that's really the only choice they have unless they drive an hour and a half and so Mm -hmm. to that I would say going in as prepared as possible with what you can control and then you just sometimes have to have that faith that um and the trust that they're going to be able to rely on their training when it comes down to it. So uh, some doctors might not have the best bedside manner, but that's like with anybody. It's just, mm-hmm. you just hope that their skills shine through. <laughs> yeah. But uh, coming in with a doula or a, a really good support team, that that could help ease that a lot. And mm-hmm. the nurses, I feel like, make a ton of difference too. I Totally. Yeah. yeah. Those nurses are amazing. Oh, yeah. I was like in love with my nurse. Yeah. <laughs> Same. We talked about that before. Was like, well, she like helped me through, her. like, like with ops. Like, I felt like I was dying. I was like, no, there's no way people choose to do this. And I was like screaming, and I was hysterical. And that nurse was like, well, sometimes right you kind of need a focus point. Like my doctor came in when my epidural had failed, and I had my mom helping me, Sarah helping me, and the nurse helping me. And then when it was time to push, and I really needed to focus on getting the baby here. Mm-hmm. All he said was like, I was kind of, I went in kind of hysteria. You would remember more than I would, but I felt like I was hysterical. Like I was just, I couldn't, I had lost control because I was, Mm. I couldn't, it was like I was almost in shock at the pain Mm -hmm. with the pain. And so I kind of felt like I was lost of control. You're just managing however you can. You're not planning. You weren't planning on it. Yeah. And then he, I remember him just being down there ready to deliver. And he just was like, Aubrey, breathe. You have to do this. Mm -hmm. Like stop. And Mm -hmm. kind of like. I don't snap know what's Yeah, he kind of <laughs> yeah. snapped me into like, okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I can cry all I want, but let's get him here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think having that focal point was everything for me. Absolutely. Just having that, I don't know. Oh, yeah, and that's where the breathing and the counting can come into play. I think uh, whatever, if you feel out of control, whatever control you can kind of give yourself, yeah. which you can always, uh, well, usually always control your breathing. You can usually control um, your jaw. I love your when jaw, you talk about that's that That's my one. very favorite yeah tip if you have a loose jaw you're more likely to have a loose cervix and uh, they do talk about that in hypnobirthing and that's one of my favorite takeaways I love that and so um, even in just a normal situation if I'm in the car and I just feel like I'm feeling stressed or panicked or anxious in some way I still revisit my jaw and I'm like oh is that Michael I'm, I'm tensed yeah. up yeah yeah and if, if you can hmm. just go back to that a lot of times that just relax can, your jaw yeah mm-hmm. just like give it a little wiggle or like <laughs> hang there your sound you make yeah so low noises too that's like actually a great one so if you are find yourself in an unmedicated labor that you weren't planning on uh, trying to keep your voice and your noises that come out really low um that can help too because if your noises are really like screechy and tight and clenched your jaw is likely clenched too so all of that together just keeping it really low and really relaxed and it is hard it's it's you'll mm-hmm. get to points where it's like is this pain normal yeah <laughs> like, and yeah. it's almost scary because it's not the pain that you might envision when yeah. you're having birth like yeah. I remember being like but it's like a sharp there's like sharp pains and it like 
hurts. Well, I just <laughs> remember screaming at the top of my lungs, like my butthole hurts. Yeah. And yeah. sorry, that's like so graphic or whatever, but like yeah. I remember feeling like that's not where mm-hmm. it so should hurt or whatever, bum. you know, but I was like screaming that and I was like, oh, my butt. And yeah. I thought I thought something was wrong, yeah. but the nurse literally was like, that means mm-hmm. it's that means you're doing what you're supposed to do. Baby's That's right where there. it hurts, you know, and like the baby's coming. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, maybe my screaming at the top of my lungs was <laughs> now I'm realizing. Oh no. I should have been you're rolling. You're fine. No. And actually, I think that's an important thing to know, too. Um, knowing your body and the stages of labor and the reasons things are happening. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, even though I didn't do a birth class for the first few, like I'm a total advocate of a birth class. Yeah. Just knowing a general idea of what's happening so that you're not caught up, as caught off guard because you still might mm-hmm. be caught off guard. And but. so you feel like you're in, you're moving towards yes. deli- Like sometimes you, the time just feels so slow. Yeah. So when totally. someone's telling you, okay, you're in transition, you're doing it, like... Yeah, it's it a milestone. Yeah. 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 Um, also, mentally, too. Like, oh, not just physically, but mentally for absolutely. yourself. To, and people have different opinions about um, being checked uh, by the doctor, midwife, nurse, whoever. And I personally like being checked. Not, obviously, it's not comfortable, but I... Just mentally, it helps me. I don't know. Yeah. I like knowing... Progress is a bad word because honestly, you can be at a one and be at a 10 in seconds or mm-hmm. uh, some people takes hours. And so um, it's not really necessarily an indication, but for me, it just helped me feel better. So that's what mm-hmm. I did. And some people choose not to be checked the whole time. So I've been at a birth where they checked once and that was it and just went by how mom was feeling. And that's great. But um, I think, yeah, Why learning those stages. What was that? Why do people do that? Um, a lot of times it's because uh being checked can introduce uh bacteria or infection into that area and they just want to minimize that um a lot of people just aren't comfortable with it especially if they've had uh experience like sexual trauma or abuse or something like that sometimes just people hurts. are triggered by that yeah mm-hmm. and other times it's just uncomfortable and they don't mm-hmm. want to go through it so um that's a big thing but going back to what Marin was saying and kind of what we're talking about about knowing what's happening. The reason your bum is hurting is that baby has to go over that rectal nerve Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be the same sensation as when you have to poop. And so if you start feeling like you have to poop, which I did with our second, I was on the toilet and I'm like, I have to poop, I just, I have to poop, I know I do. She's like, okay, you need to get off the toilet because I don't want your baby born on the toilet. Right. (laughs) And so I get back to the bed and she's like, yep, you're complete, it's time to push. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't, that's not at all how I envisioned that going. Yeah. So I just, I don't know, hearing other people's birth stories sometimes is helpful or uh-huh. birth class. Did you guys have like air, like gas bubbles in your <laughs> births at all? Like when you were in labor? No, that was your bed. That was the hydraulics on the bed. <laughs> I remember gas bubbles. Oh, you know, <laughs> after. That was the best moment. Oh my god! I remember gas bubbles after my first delivery. Oh, I had like... You're bringing back all these memories, sir. <laughs> She's like, stop talking. Now it's too much. PTSD all over again. We're also going to have therapy for Aubrey. Yep, today. right after this. <laughs> so yeah. do you think, though, that like anybody listening to this right now who's going to deliver a baby and no matter what kind of delivery they're planning on, maybe they should look into some of these like breathing and relaxation because you just don't know. And so kind of everybody 
who's pregnant should look into it just uh, in case. A hundred thousand percent. I would say even if you're planning on an epidural or you have a scheduled C-section, no matter what, um, I would go in with at least a, just a couple things that you know mm-hmm. help cen- er, center you, uh, relax you. Um, yeah, I would just have a couple of things in mind because my cousin's baby was born in the car. You just, you know, you never know. <laughs> Some things like that. Yeah. And every birth story works out. Yeah, it's supposed it does. to, but it's just. I would say, though, the counting, though, that's what yeah. got me through is just knowing, like, okay, counting through a contraction, and I know, I know it'll be over before I get to mm-hmm. 60 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it, I just knew it would end, you mm-hmm. know, and there's something about that, too. So. That's what helped me. And I think yeah. leaning That's into it as hard as that is. It is so hard to just lean into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about this with anxiety too. Like just if you lean into it, the discomfort is over a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. And you're not fighting with your body to get through this contraction. Mm-hmm. You just kind of let go and realize that the only way out is through. And you and can do And just accept it. Just accept, accept it, yeah. It's like what I was saying about the doctor saying, like, you just have to get him out. And yes. the doctor saying the same thing to me, like, just that it's just that mental decision of mm-hmm. accepting, mm-hmm. like, OK, there's nothing I can do. Yep. So, mm-hmm. But you sometimes you can't it. get yourself there in the moment by yourself. Like it takes you need people. Yeah. a partner, a mom, a mm-hmm. sister or somebody. And I know plenty of women give birth alone and they're amazing. But if you have the choice to have somebody there to help recenter you that's really helpful too. And I remember um, having a nurse who I still love her, we're still friends today, I love her. And she, I was a little bit hysterical and I was just like, what's happening? I was really loud and I was kind of embarrassed, but at the moment I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't control myself. And she was like, Sarah, look at me. She's like, think about all the little bows that you're gonna put in your baby's hair. She's gonna be so cute. She's like, think about this little girl, you just have to get her out. And she helped me helped me realize my why and like what mm-hmm. was going on because you, you kind of just get lost in the pain sometimes yeah. and you just need to remember the end goal which yeah. is baby coming out and um yeah she, that helped a ton and there's a picture that my cute cousin took of me putting my hand up on her like cheek or her shoulder and just like staring at her in the eyes and trying mm-hmm. to focus in and because you need oh, that you need someone yes. to tell you like look at me yeah like open yeah. your eyes yep. get out of your head for a minute and that's one of my favorite yeah. doula techniques I think too is just like mm-hmm. not being forceful but just being um grounded and firm and being a soft place to land and just be like mm-hmm. this is happening you can do this um and any like whoever is with you can be that person for you so yeah I would agree 100% yeah there's so much to be said about opening your eyes and breathing too I'm like these are the things I'm remembering (laughs) my sister who's a doula too just like telling me like no open your eyes yeah look like embrace the environment like these are the phrases coming back to me you have to breathe stop holding your breath and like honestly those things are harder Mm -hmm. to do in Mm -hmm. the moment but when you do them it does help a lot well your body is not like it's not a natural thing. Usually when you're in pain, it's your body telling you that something's wrong. And so mm-hmm. we kind of have to flip that psychology for birth and just be like, this is okay. This kind of pain is okay. Yeah. And it's hard. Like it's almost like retraining our brains and our bodies to not freak out and fight against it. So it is totally a conscious thing that we have to do. It's And I think putting, putting your trust in your body a little bit helps because my sister 
almost was like everyone, all the nurses were telling her she was going to need a uh, C-section mm-hmm. and she just knew she wanted to hold off just a little bit longer mm-hmm. and she ended up not needing one. And mm-hmm. so I think trusting your instinct and already like from that moment that you're mm-hmm. pregnant, I feel like you have that a little bit in you, that mother's instinct and trusting that and knowing sometimes you know more than the doctors do or you need to, you know, like I think there's a balance of knowing, taking their education, but also trusting your body and allowing it to give that maybe that extra few minutes and then it'll start to progress and that's exactly what happened to her. So I think sometimes it's the opposite too where yes, there are different things that are unplanned but then there's things that do go right and mm-hmm. to like be grateful for those too. Totally, know? totally. And I think, I mean, this also could be a whole nother episode but um, yeah, going right along with trusting your instinct. I think there's a difference and this is something I learned during our births is I chose to be in a hospital and so I need to it, it's such a fine line I feel like between um, imposing everything that I want I want to do in the hospital because I'm choosing to be there and I'm kind of what Aubrey was saying I'm just I'm there for their expertise and they're skilled and they are awesome and these doctors want what's best for you too but I kind of learned that balance. Like at first I was a little bit nervous to say what I wanted because I was just there for the ride. Like mm-hmm. they knew best always and I had no say really mm-hmm. in my mind. And that was fine with me because I just didn't know any better. And then the more that I birthed, I'm like, okay, I do know my body a little bit. So yeah. when a doctor came in who didn't really know me, it was just, it was a doctor on call and he wanted to start Pitocin because I seemed stuck, quote unquote stuck. Um, and I knew I was taking longer than I thought, but I also felt like I was in that transition, but it didn't make sense because I was only a five and mm-hmm. it, I was trying to reconcile that in my mind. But I said, I'm open to having that, but can we wait half an hour? And so just maybe pushing it back a little bit, like Aubrey was saying with her sister. Um, but if, you, if you're choosing to be there, I think it's important to be respectful and not and, act yeah. like... You know, you know more better. than the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying that at all. Um, but I am saying that if you. Or see your options. Because she did have a doctor that was like, you could maybe wait. And yes, then others yes. that were like, oh, I would go for it. So, or, she, you know, maybe or see. Or just tell the doctor yes. how you're yeah, feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Like my first doctor, like I like with my son, I just literally told her how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And she took that into her consideration mm-hmm. about how she treated me. Whereas I think if I hadn't expressed how I felt, she would have just done what mm-hmm. she thought to do. And that would have been okay too. But they yeah. will, like a good doctor will consider Absolutely. how you're feeling and do the best they can with the intuition you that you're, you're having as well. I yeah. agree. And I think it's like a learned skill to have mm-hmm. that confidence. I mean, you obviously had it early. I did not <laughs> to tell them how you're feeling and your concerns and say, or ask questions. Like it takes confidence to ask questions sometimes. And so um, I think not being afraid to do that and just being like, okay, I'm just so I understand this. Can you mm-hmm. maybe tell it to me in, in a different way or mm-hmm. what are my options and mm-hmm. being able to ask what, your options are if there are any others mm-hmm. and if there's not and it's real emergent situation then mm-hmm. that's obviously right. that's great like yeah to take that but a lot of times um they might not know you and your history as well as a doctor that you know a little bit better so i think it's okay to have that conversation well and that's another that is another reason why it would be good to have somebody there advocating for you too because mm-hmm. I remember lots of times where Dallin my husband was the one to speak up 
over Mm -hmm. a question that we had or something that we weren't comfortable with that I was kind of in that moment of vulnerability and pain I was just ready to give Mm -hmm. in or not ask or not say but he was able to advocate there and so having somebody there your mom or your sister your friend or whoever who kind of knows Mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. I don't and know. in a good state of mind yeah and they <laughs> yeah. and they're in a good state of mind and you can even just say to them like can you talk to the doctor mm-hmm. about this or can you ask this question or mm-hmm. something it can be really really helpful mm-hmm. absolutely I keep saying absolutely I just fully agree <laughs> that's we all have our podcast catchphrases yep. we do absolutely <laughs> I love that that's obs <laughs> and now mine that. too that's I guess <laughs> Okay, so let's really quickly before we wrap this up talk about C-sections because a lot of women who end up getting a C-section usually aren't planning on it. Um, and I know that there are some who, who are planning on it and schedule it for whatever reason, but for those who aren't planning on it um, or don't want one or whatever, um, just so we know what to expect, what are some of the reasons uh, or variables that a birth can become a C-section? Okay, so if mom is maybe not progressing or I say, I don't really love the word stuck, but that's the only <laughs> word I can really think of. If there, some bodies just like don't like to progress. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a controversial thing to say because a lot of uh, natural birthing and hypnobirthing babies, <laughs> people that will tell you that that's not possible. Um, but I will say some bodies just have a harder time doing mm-hmm. that. And I've just witnessed that in different births that I've been in. And, um, so that's a factor, uh, and another factor is if mom is uh, having like a bad infection, and they just feel like if she's in danger. Another reason is if um, baby's heart rate keeps uh, going down for too long a period of time. It's pretty normal for baby to have that. They don't like to see that. Those they call them is it decelerations? I can't. No, I can't think of the word. I think that's it. Um, but it's normal for them to have that sometimes and they'll switch mom's position in, in case the cord is clamped funky or um, they'll give her some oxygen to try and get that baby's heart rate back up. So if that's what's happening, that sometimes that's what they're trying to do. Um, <clears throat> but if baby is in distress, sometimes that, that's mm-hmm. like good enough reason to do that um, and they can't get it back up. Uh, I'm trying to think of, there's like a bunch of different reasons. So I have a friend who has nine kids and her mm. past couple births were just scheduled c-sections because she'd had so many c-sections before and she did have some v-backs but she had nine kids nine kids and were they all c-sections oh you no, just said V-backs. no yeah so she had some vaginal deliveries as well but um i think if they're worried about that c-section scar uh bursting in any way they will err on the side of caution there uh, mm-hmm. but honestly it depends on your doctor so some doctors are more willing to let mom do that if she wants to and others are like no I'm just not willing to risk it so it really comes down to your provider and mom and um, their health history and there's just so many factors it's almost hard to even say like one reason why that would happen there's Mm -hmm. just everybody is so individual so I think it's good to just even cover that you know just Mm -hmm. to and I think it's it's okay too to recognize that it's okay if that does happen absolutely Absolutely. <laughs> I just got myself again. Yes, you did it. You birthed. Like, you you had this baby. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You just... And you grew the baby. Like... You grew the baby. The nine months leading up to are just... That's tough work. Mm-hmm. And so, however we get the baby here is how that baby need to come. I like, like, just circling back to what you said at the very start, that, mm-hmm. like, 
however it's going to go is there's nothing you can, I mean, like it's just going to go that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, oftentimes it will go the way it needs to go and you'll learn Mm -hmm. what you need to learn. And the baby will, as long as the baby's healthy, then you've done what yeah, you and that should be do. our focus is the healthy baby, not the mm-hmm. whole experience, even though we do go through that and it's we everyone experiences different things. I think having that be the main goal of having a healthy baby is so helpful to yeah. get through that trauma of it. Yeah, for sure. And I think with our fifth too, I mean, I don't really want to bring this into it, but just to touch on, I mean, moms that know that their baby's not going to be healthy when they're born or they're going through a really hard situation with delivering a baby that maybe just hasn't made it through the pregnancy like that is harder and mom still has to go through labor Mm -hmm. and so yeah sometimes that end result isn't what they want but it can still be a beautiful experience with uh, your birth partner and oh it's just so heartbreaking and um, our hearts go out to you and we love you but that's I mean, I just wanted to touch on that and yeah, acknowledge sure. those moms too. Um, Sometimes it, it doesn't go as planned in a really heartbreaking way. Yeah, totally. And yeah, maybe there's there's nothing you can do to prepare for that. But yeah. and with our you. fifth baby, that's what we like. We didn't know my my OB two weeks before she was born was saying we just won't know what needs she has till she's born. We just kind of have to wait and see. And mm-hmm. that is so stressful. Like just not knowing what your birth is going to take it all like if you're even going to bring your baby home or yeah. you know if you're just just not knowing I think that can affect the way you plan for your birth a lot and so I would just say um, preparing for what you know you can control yeah which is your reaction to things which is your breathing which is all those things that we've already talked about um that's just it's huge it's just huge um uh, focusing on that Aubrey has a, a book coming out a workbook and she had talks about this or what is it, a pregnancy journal yeah. and she talks about things like you draw this circle and on the inner circle you try, draw things that you can control on the outer circle you draw things you can't control and try and focus on the inner circle so anyway yeah not I to love. bring the conversation down and into that direction it's so hard but but really that's such a good yeah. place to to end is like there are things you can control and things you can't focus on what you can control and be willing to accept the things that you can't and move forward the best way that you can. Yeah, exactly. And in, in a normal, not normal, um, in a typical birth situation, it's usually a really positive thing. So don't let that scare you. Don't let it freak you out. Don't let mm-hmm. it give you anxiety. Um, you, you can handle anything that comes your way. And yeah, I think that's important to remember. Yeah, for sure. And I think just having your mindset on, your body being like healthy through it and your baby, like, I mean, having that focus on yourself and your baby is so much more important than the pain and all of that too. And having that Mm -hmm. kind of be, I don't know. I just think so often so many moms, like for me, I feel like I've given birth, but if I focus so much on that experience, it's really hard to talk about. Like even tonight talking (laughs) about it, I'm like, it's really hard hard to remember for me. And I honestly block it out Mm -hmm. a lot of times because it was really hard. And Mm -hmm. I try to focus on when they were born and when I could focus on that. And it brings joy to me instead of Mm -hmm. the hard, because the hard part was traumatic for me. And so I think so often we focus on that traumatic part when we're talking about birth, Mm -hmm. but there is so much joy from it too. And I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know, focusing on that control. There's just so many good things we've touched point on it that I think that 
don't know. Birth is just amazing. For sure. I had a teacher tell us one time in um, her class that if like how irritating it is that whenever you say, oh, I'm pregnant, someone has to come and share their like horror story with you about their birth. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And I totally thought it was hilarious. And I agree because and she said you wouldn't go to somebody who's brand new engaged and talk about your horror story with divorce. Like, yeah. why, right. why would you exactly. do that? Like, so yeah. if you know a pregnant mom, leave that out of the equation. I thought that was really wise and I loved that. But yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. Focus on the good. The good. Um, well, that I guess concludes our second birth episode with Sarah and um, she's amazing. We're so glad that you, you guys could are come amazing. be with us. We wish you could come every single night and hang out with us. We're, we're, so we're pushing through at midnight. We love this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, and just remind our listeners one more time where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at the dainty pair uh, and on YouTube at Sarah the Dainty Pair. That's my handle and or the Dainty Pair.com. Okay.